Good evening, Dumb Nation, also known as the Don't Unfriend Me Nation. Good to have you here tonight. Episode 30, Kamala Harris decided to sit down with Chuck Todd and have an interview. And I will be completely honest, Kamala Harris gives horrible interviews. Um, she's pretty good, I've heard at other things, but um, interviews isn't her strong point. However, she was confident and she delivered a very strong, matter-of-fact presentation with Chuck Todd and pretty much lied about the entire thing, but at least she did it very convincingly. Folks, we're going to talk about it tonight. Stick with me. I will be right back. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow. Hello, everybody. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me, but also Breaking Truth, a smaller, more compact segment. I don't know about this one. This might go a while. I'm going to give you 150 examples of hypocrisy from the left. Now, a lot of people know the following is that I, I don't like to talk about the election. And I do every night, it seems, on live. And that's why. For two years, I've given my opinion. It's very similar to Mark Levin's. And mine came about three and a half, four weeks before Mark's. But um, it's not something that's you know important to keep rehashing. And the reason why it's not important is there's nothing we're going to do about it, right? Elections will continue. And you either believe that they're free and fair or that you don't. And I'm not going to convince you any other way. This is a very hot topic, like abortion, gun control. The election is kind of like the sixth unspoken topic that you should never talk about at the dinner table. But why do Democrats keep talking about it? Now, we know that on Facebook and social media, we hear about this often. But this is kind of the transition into 2022, is the Democrats are talking about stolen elections more than the Republicans. You're hearing that there's this anti-semi-fascist group right? They're only kind of fascist, but they check themselves. So they're semi-fascist, which is all of us. It doesn't make sense, right? You're either fascist or you're not. But this label and moniker was applied to us by Joseph Biden. We're going to watch a little video with Kamala Harris here. And I want you to kind of listen to what she has to say. And then I'm going to show you the hypocrisy in her comments. Here we go. I think back to the president's inaugural. Address, mm -hmm. And he said the following, politics need not be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Mm -hmm. And then I think about the construction, the language construction he used with semi-fascist. And I understand the dilemma. So you got to call it out in order to bring the country together. But Chuck Todd, you've got to call it out to bring the country together. So we have to go ahead and tell half the country that they're fascist. What we're seeing now is either the beginning or the death of extreme MAGA philosophy, Biden said, which makes no sense. It's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy that underpins the, I'm going to say something. It's like semi-fascism. It doesn't make much sense. It's not supposed to. All it's supposed to do is begin the conversation about assigning that Republicans are terrorists in America. The entire interview well, most of it. She talks about this and she equates 9-11 to terrorism here in the United States. And Chuck Todd asked a very poignant question and he just simply says, do you believe that 9-11 and the, the terrorist attacks are the same type of threat that you would see from American and semi-fascist, basically, paraphrasing? 
And of course, she wouldn't answer the question. She danced around it like uh, like a like a lounge dancer. She was all over the place. She was up on the bar. She was on the pole. She was on the piano, and she didn't answer the question. Why? Because they can't. Because they know it's just a trope. It's not true. But Chuck Todd is trying to justify it, but he's unable to. Let's see if Kamala can actually bring us home. She can stop dancing for once. It's hard to do both at the same time, isn't it? Well, here's the thing. I mean, let's talk about our president for a moment. Joe oh, Biden boy. has spent his entire career, it is on for all to see, working across the aisle, his whole career. Sometimes he's been criticized for believing in bipartisanship. Yes, by actually Kamala Harris when she ran against him and was going for the DNC seat. She said that he was a segregationist and a racist and and believed in busing children, uh, which is all true, mind you. She wasn't lying. She was actually stating the truth. But, of course, she walked that back and said, well, Joe is just this amazing bringer of hope. And he's, he's all about unity and bringing everyone together, except now. Because what he is specifically doing is dividing half of the country by saying Trump supporters are fascists and white nationalists. So what she's going to do is she's going to do the whataboutism, which is to go back in his history and say, oh, look at all these times with Tip O'Neill and look at the times with Newt Gingrich and look at the times with Byrd and look at those times with with Wallace and all the time he reached across to the KKK. Well, guess what? Not that that was good back then, but it's certainly not happening now for believing in compromise, for believing in working across. I always want to know when someone's lying, they're doing this when they're talking. Believing in compromise, believing in unity, believing with reaching across the aisle. She's telling you no while she's trying to tell you yes. It's a wonderful tell, and it's a pantomime that women do, and men do. Women have 21-some-odd pantomimes. Men have a little bit less, but either way, that is a tell. Across the aisle, finding common ground. His whole career has been that. But there are moments in time when we have to also agree, all good people who care about our country, that there are those who right now are vividly not defending our democracy. Well, that's because it's a republic. And I think we want that our commander in chief, that the president of the United States will speak up and raise the alarm about what this means to our strength and our future, much less our integrity. Oh, those head nods, they're fantastic, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So when we watch that, there's a couple of things that you should see. The first thing you should really focus on is, obviously, she's being a little deceptive. She doesn't want to answer the question. She's shaking her head no. But more importantly, she didn't answer the damn question. So let me answer it for you. Was January 6th a good thing? No. Should it have happened? No. Did it make Republicans look horrible? Yes. Should every single person denounce it? Yes. With no equivocation? Also, yes. I don't care what you think. I don't care if it's Ray Epps. I don't care if you think it was the FBI or Antifa. There were Trump supporters there. There were 57 some odd thousand supporters that went home peacefully. And there was a group about two to 3,000 that just ran amok and were really stupid, climbing over stuff, going into the halls, going onto the floor. And then there was a group about 150 that were there to do absolutely no good. And if you support them, I don't want to hear it. You're, you're, you're insane. There. I got it out. And I feel much better 
And it doesn't mean I'm going to ignore BLM and I'm going to ignore the 186 different riots out of the 400 and some odd peaceful protests that took place because those need to be addressed too. But that's all whataboutism. But it seems that's where Democrats want to live. So let's go there. Let's talk about the real point. We're not going to talk about the election. We're not going to talk about riots. We're not going to talk about all that other stuff and deflection. Democrats say that they are the proponents of election integrity, that they have never, ever sat atop any dais or on the Hill and claimed that the elections are fraudulent. Now, I want to be completely clear before I get into this. Every single person that's saying the election's fraudulent, they have a right to say it. People should start it off. This is my opinion about the election. I think it was fraudulent. Fine. You can say that. This is my opinion about the election. I think it was on the up and up. Wonderful. But the moment you start stating fact, you better have something to back it up. Because that's what evidence is, is fact. So let's talk about some facts. Let's talk about quotes from Democrats to show the hypocrisy since they have been actually doing this for the last 20 years and beyond questioning elections since 1977. And for decades, Democrats have refused to accept the results of elections. They lost. Biden and the Democrats have a super long history of this. Many Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, Barbara Lee, Maxine Waters, and Sheila Jackson Lee, just to name a few, have all cast doubt on every single Republican presidential victory in the last two decades. Every single Democrat president since 1977 has cast doubt on the legitimacy of U.S. elections, questioning gerrymandering, stolen ballots, and fraud. As recently as this year, Biden cast doubt on the legitimacy of the upcoming 2022 midterms. And Democrats called the 2000 presidential election, you know, between Bush and that other guy, you know, Al Gore, Mr. Lockbox, stolen, fraudulent, and a, get this, a coup d'etat. Al Gore repeatedly claimed that he was the real winner of the 2000 election. In 2002, Gore claimed, quote, would have won if every vote in Florida was counted and that he absolutely believed he would become president after the ordered recount. Well, I hope his his stock purchases were a little bit more friendly to him. I think they were. Apple? Gore's wife, Tipper, said, I still believe we won. In 2016, Gore brought it up during the 2000, about the 2000 election during a rally for Hillary Clinton. You might remember that. And did not refute chants from the audience saying he won. In 2017, Gore implied Jeb Bush, quote, may have had something to do with him losing in Florida. It was a Bush, but it wasn't Jeb. Gore in 17, actually, I think I carried Florida, he quoted. Hillary Clinton more than once questioned the legitimacy of the 2000 election as well. In 2002, Clinton said Bush had been selected, not elected president. Doesn't this sound familiar? In 2016, Clinton said that the Supreme Court took away a presidency in Bush versus Gore. Then President Bill Clinton in 2001 claimed that Gore actually won the election, suggesting that all the votes in Florida were not counted and that the Supreme Court had altered the outcome. Well, they also think abortion was a right, so it's not too much of a stretch. Clinton also said the only way Republicans could win the election was to stop voting in Florida. Complete lie. Former President Jimmy Carter, who we shouldn't listen to along with the English, has repeatedly denied the results of the 2000 election still to this day. In 2005, he said, there is no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. 
And in 2014, I don't think that George W. Bush won the election in 2000. How about Terry McAuliffe repeated claims that the 2000 election was stolen here from Virginia for over two decades? Repeatedly in 2001, then-DNC chairman, who was McAuliffe, claims that Al Gore won the election. In 2004, McAuliffe falsely accused Republicans of stealing the 2000 presidential election. In 2008, McAuliffe accused Republicans of stealing the 2000 election in his autobiography that nobody read. In 2017, McAuliffe once again claimed that Al Gore did win the election. And in 2021, most recently running against Youngkin, McAuliffe doubled down on his previous stolen election claims and refused to say that Bush won the 2000 election. Man, I'm going to miss him. Former presidential candidate Reverend Jesse Jackson said Gore's election was essentially taken and stolen. How about Debbie Wasserman Schultz? We all remember her from Florida. 2016, she said that Al Gore won Florida. How about Jamie Raskin, a member of the January 6th committee, has repeatedly suggested the 2000 election was illegitimate. 2002, Raskin wrote that the Supreme Court had frozen the election results in an outrageous assault on democracy, saying the court had determined the outcome of a presidential election. 2003, Raskin called Bush's America First court-appointed president. Fifteen House Democrats even objected to counting Florida's electoral votes. You remember what they said when Republicans did it. How about Maxine Waters? You know, get in their face at a restaurant. Florida election results calling them fraudulent and staging a walkout of the House chamber. If only she would do it forever. How about James Clyburn? Question the integrity of the election and the future of our democracy. Eddie Bernice Johnson claimed that there was overwhelming evidence that Bush did not win the 2000 election and vowed there would be no peace as a result. No justice, no peace, or... As Adam Schiff says, I've got the evidence. I'll release it in due time. We're still waiting, Schiffy. How about Sheila Jackson Lee called the Florida electoral count inaccurate? Former Representative Corrine Brown from Florida said that, the, that Bush was not elected in 2004, that Bush was chosen by the Supreme Court, and that the election was stolen in a coup d'etat. This is not the only thing that they do. Not only casting doubt on the 2000, 2004, 2016, and even 2017, they have casted doubt. This is a pretty common practice. And the question is, is why? Why is it okay? It wasn't okay for Republicans to do it. How about November 2005? New York University professor Mark Crispin Miller said that John Kerry told him, He thought the election was stolen. And that may sound like hearsay, but then Kerry's wife, Teresa Hines Kerry, also claimed the exact same thing in a book quote. 2004, DNC Chairman Terry McAuliffe commissioned a comprehensive investigative study on election practices in Ohio to address legitimate questions and concern. How about Howard Dean stated he was not confident that the election Ohio was fairly decided in 04? In 08, Dean accused Republicans of stealing elections and inferred they stole the election in 2004. Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid, we know him, questioned the integrity of the electronic voting machines in 2004. Huh. How about 2005 then? Senator Hillary Clinton claimed there were many legitimate questions regarding the accuracy and integrity of the 2004 election. Dickie Durbin 
from Illinois applauded objections in 2004 and 8 election and thanked Senator Boxer for objecting to Ohio's electoral vote, saying voters can't be confident their vote will be counted. Tom Harkin applauded Senator Boxer and Tubbs Jones for objecting to Ohio's electoral votes, calling their objection an important service for American democracy. There they go again with that American democracy stuff. Harkin also accused Republicans of a concerted effort to suppress the vote. And let's not forget Senator Chappaquiddick, I had a few too many drinks and left her in the car. Kennedy in 2005 applauded Democratic efforts to contest the 2004 election and called the election flawed and suggested problems may have been the result of manipulation. Lautenberg alleged systematic voter disenfranchisement and faulty voting machines in the 2004 election. Senator Barack Obama in 08 joked about the 2004 election, saying it helps that in Ohio, Democrats are in charge of the voting machines in the upcoming election. Wow, he's a prognosticator. In 2005, then-House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, she's been there since God was a corporal, praised Senator Boxer's challenge to the election, saying, the debate is fundamental to our democracy. There they go again. Pelosi also said it was appropriate to have the debate concerning the 04 election and claimed that there were legitimate concerns regarding the integrity of U.S. elections. Danny Davis claimed that 2004 election contained widespread fraud. Representative Dennis Kutsunik, I believe his name, claimed that dirty tricks occurred across the state. This goes on for a long time. I have 150 examples, and I literally had to stop looking. The show can't be three hours long. The point is, is that this goes forever because Democrats have done and said the same thing. It doesn't make it right. Both parties should be held accountable. I mean, isn't that what it's about? A lot of people will say, well, this is from 2004 and 06 and 08 and 05 and 16. This isn't recent history. Why did you have to go through the annals of history to find this out? Because I didn't. If you go back as far as 2016, we can fall into the trope of the Russian collusion issue, the P-tapes, the Stormy Daniels, Michael Avenatti. We can go into the FBI. We can go into the FISA warrant. We can go into Steele dossier. We can go into the wiretaps. We can go into the impeachment, six of them to be exact, going after the most investigated man in history in Donald Trump. Don't you remember that everything was Russia's fault, that this was a stolen election as well? It's funny. We don't hear much about that now. And that's not what aboutism, that is a relative fact that we can bring up and do comparison contrasts and hear the same type of tropes we're hearing from the right, and it's coming from the left. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in 2006 wrote an op-ed, and it says, and it claimed that Republicans stole the election and have stolen many elections over the years. How about accepting the results from 2016, like I said? Give me some specific quotes, Matt. Tell me what they said, not just a bunch of air and nonsense and you just doing whataboutism. Well, here you go. In 17, seven House Democrats tried to object to the 2016 election and the electoral votes. After President Trump's victory in 16, 67 Democrats boycotted his inauguration, with many claiming his election was illegitimate. I'm surprised they didn't go to burn down the cities with the rest of the people who disagreed. After the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton repeatedly questioned the legitimacy of the election and claimed the election was stolen from her or that it was sexism or, 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 
or. In September 2017, Hillary Clinton said she would not rule out questioning the legitimacy of the 2016 election. In March 2019, Clinton smiled in agreement when former state Senator Hank Sanders said the election was stolen from her. In May 19, Clinton said the 2016 was stolen from her. In 19, Clinton dismissed Trump as an illegitimate president and said he knows he stole the 2016 president election. In October 19, Clinton said that Trump knows that he is an illegitimate president. In December 2019, Clinton nodded in agreement that she won the election in an interview. In 2020, she said Trump is scared for Americans to see how illegitimate his victory was. In October 2020, Clinton claimed that the 2016 presidential election was not conducted legitimately, saying, we still don't really know what happened. Yes, we do. You lost, and you lost bad. Former President Jimmy Carter said he believed that a full investigation would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. Guess what? We had one, $37 million in all. Guess what? We didn't find a single vote was changed. Diane Feinstein said, I believe Russian interference altered the outcome of the election. I wonder if she told her Chinese spy driver for 30 years the same thing. How about Bernie Sanders dodged answering whether Trump was a legitimate president? He was probably a little bit distracted from the three houses that he now owns, one of them from the DNC for not making a fuss that the superdelegates were stolen out from underneath him in the Hillary Clinton DNC primary. How about Roll Grigival, whatever the hell his name is, said the legitimacy is in question of Trump's presidency? John Lewis, we remember, God rest his soul, said he did not believe President Trump is a legitimate president. Barbara Lee, back again, applauded John Lewis and said that he was right on target. Cedric Richmond said that John Lewis' remarks on Trump not being legitimately elected are reasonable. Ted Lieu said there's absolutely a cloud of illegitimacy to Trump's presidency. Jerry Nadler, I've never seen a chocolate bar that I haven't passed up, said that Trump's election was illegitimate and that Trump is an illegitimate president. Yeah, that goes hand in hand. How about Jamie Raskin justified his decision to object to certification, saying Republicans engaged in deliberate voter suppression in numerous swing states. Jan Schakowsky said and refused to attend President Trump inauguration ceremony because, quote, it was tainted by foreign interference and voter suppression. Debbie Wasserman Schultz decides to make another appearance and refused to say if Trump was a legitimate president. Democrats have continued to cast doubt on other elections since 2016. In 18, Stacey Abrams refused to concede after losing a Georgia governor's race and repeatedly challenged the legitimacy of the election after her loss. Following her defeat, Abrams never conceded and continued to argue that she truly won the election even to this day, four years later. Abrams said she would not concede a race that was an erosion of our democracy not a free and fair election, and was simply not just. She called her defeat fully attributable to voter suppression and argued there was widespread voter disenfranchisement. Even the most people in history voted in Georgia that year. Many other prominent Democrats supported Abrams in her stolen election claims. Hillary Clinton said, would have won Georgia's gubernatorial race if she had a fair election and that Stacey Abrams should be governor but was deprived of the votes. Otherwise, she would have gotten. Cory Booker, Spartacus himself, said, I think that Stacey Abrams' election is being stolen from her. Sherrod Brown said, if Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. Elizabeth Warren, 
feathers, not dots, said the evidence seems to suggest the race was stolen from Stacey Abrams. Evidence is fact. They don't have any. Vermont Governor and DNC Chair Howard Dean, crazy guy, should not concede and that the election was almost certainly stolen. Obama's attorney, Eric Holder, you know, the gun runner in New Mexico, I tend to think Stacey Abrams won that election. He said, think, I got to give it to him. He didn't say it was a fact. I'm going to let him off the hook, but not about running guns. After losing the, his Florida gubernatorial race in 18, Gillum, Andrew Gilman, withdrew his concession and pointed to questions over the handling of the vote in certain counties. In 2020, after losing his house race, former Anthony Brinzi called for authorities to investigate voting irregularities and issue massive disenfranchisement of voters. State Senator Rita Hart contested the election results of the House race loss in 2020, arguing that ballots were improperly rejected. Folks, does this all sound familiar? This is what frustrates me the most, is that I never want to sound like a liberal. But if these tropes and this BS sounds a lot like what Republicans are doing with the election, we need to stick to the facts. In 2022, there is a very important election coming up. And if you simply stay home, I promise you this, we're going to lose. We have to at least show up and make the effort. We've got to get them out. Because here's what it comes down to. It's not left and right that's the problem. They're the same wing on the same bird. The problem is, is that one party wants to destroy the Constitution and the other party doesn't. And that's why I'm a Republican. And that's why I'm a conservative. And until the day that another party enters the fray that has a chance, I'm going to stick to my guns and be a Republican. You should too. It's your opinion. It's your choice. There's only one party that wants to pack the courts. There's only one party that wants to have 52 states in the union. There's only one that want to destroy the filibuster. And it's not Republicans. If this language sounds familiar... And if Democrats are sitting atop the hill telling you that stolen elections are terrorism, then the Democrats started it and they've been doing it ever since. Folks, thank you for watching my show. I appreciate it. I know that was a little long, but that's okay. That's what it's all about. My name is Matthew Spear. Please do me a favor. Give me a like, share, follow, and subscribe. You can go over to don'tunfriendme.com and pick up a cool shirt. And I will go out like I always do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. Please do me a favor. Reach out to a vet. If you notice traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression, this number can help. It's free of charge and it will never be reported to their duty station. Do me a favor. Make that phone call. Thanks for watching my, ooh, thanks for watching the episode. I will see you next time. God bless. We're on live at 830 tonight. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow.